still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Club, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friends and fellow Bath fans, Tom and Charlie. Boys, not often does it coincide a brilliant Bath win and a brilliant England win all on one day, Tom. What a fantastic day of rugby Saturday was. Yeah, did you, in, you intentionally say the boys in blue, black and white there? Because... Uh, <laughs> We've been pretty mighty um, of late, kind of recovered straight back from the blip that was was Exeter and uh, yeah, romping two places up the table. And as you say, an, an England win and some great bar performances in that in that team as well. So great weekend of rugby. Really enjoyed it. Mm. Charlie, enjoy, enjoy yourself on Saturday afternoon. Oh, sure did, Gabriel. Um, uh, it's, it's a lot easier being a, being a man in lockdown with Bath playing well, isn't it? Because yes. yeah, it it does it actually makes the weekend slightly enjoyable. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, couldn't complain, and it was a it was a handy win by Bath. Um, not the most exciting game uh, of Saturday, uh, but we yeah we were put put through an absolute belter later on in the mm-hmm. evening by uh, England and France. So yeah, it was uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm I'm happy with Bath games not being exciting. I want them to be dull as dishwater. The dishwater. I was so happy. Like often, Bath fans complain on social media that they they have to switch off. You know, especially after that Bristol game, a lot of Bath fans are saying, "Oh, I can't watch anymore." But I think you know we were in a position, Tom, at the end of the Bath game where we could switch off because we knew the result was in the hand, and we could maybe check out the extra Quinns game or or start the Italy Wales game. So yeah, I'm Charlie personally very happy for yeah. dull Bath games. For the rest of my life, honestly, the Ducks got a well, well earned break before. Yeah, what was an absolute humdinger at Twickenham? Yeah, I'm almost in danger of looking forward to Bath games at the moment. <laughs> um, it's it's good, and yeah, as you say, flicked over to the towards the end of the Exeter game, um, and nearly what would have been the the cherry on top for that Saturday if Exeter had uh, suffered another um, kind of late late defeat. Um, but yeah, you know, to be fair, like how often do we say? that Bath have put in a genuinely dominant performance, particularly away from home. Um, you know, we've, we've got a habit of going up to Newcastle, as you were saying, Charlie, and um, we're underperforming, really, and, and losing. And we haven't won at Kingston Park in the last six seasons. So for it to be so dominant, and to be honest, at times, so one-sided, um, I think that, you know, Bath fans can be kind of reassured that we are we are actually mm-hmm. making some some really good improvements. And tough, tough for you, but and obviously... With our uh, with our bet that Newcastle are going to finish in the top seven, they're cascading down the table as Bath shoot up the table. Yeah, I'll take eight pound fifty now if you want to shell out. Um, if you want to shell out on that bet, <laughs> no, I think I'll, I think I'll hold out for the full ten again. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not struggling that much. I mean, with all the pubs closed, with the pubs closed, I've actually got money to spare. It's quite nice, so change of scene, but. Um, yeah, no, it was it was it was a dominant performance, and if if it wasn't Ian Tempest wanting to get back into the changing rooms and uh, uh, and, and and get on the the Wales Italy game, which he probably had a few bob on, um, yeah, it, we probably would have nailed them in that entire second half. Yeah, really good second half, which which we will come on to, boys, and we can break the game down in a lot more depth 
Um, also going to talk a little bit about the Challenge Cup draw. I think the Challenge Cup draw happened last Tuesday. And obviously, we record on Monday night. So the first podcast where we've got an opportunity to talk about that and kind of the opportunity that that might present for Bath. Also, Tom, yourself and me um, attended the second members' night. So maybe you know one or two takeaways from that. And then a look ahead to the uh, game against Worcester Warriors at the Rec on Saturday which will hopefully kickstart a super Saturday of, of Six Nations and, and, and England rugby again. But yeah, just on England briefly, lads, um, I thought Tom, Anthony Watson, fantastic man of the match, 50th appearance, but club captain Charlie Ewells, I, I thought that was probably his best performance in the England shirt. Really impressed with, with how he went. Yeah, we know, we know what to expect from Anthony Watson now. He's he's in he's in such great form for for England. He looks electric on that, on that, on that right wing. Um, and, you know, I think probably gets in most people's starting lines lines team mm-hmm. right now um so he's in he continues to be in great form and yeah charlie yules we were, i was saying to you um uh at the weekend you know i think he we as bar fans we know how what presence he is how great he is in the line out and, and in defense as well i don't think in his 20 or so caps that he's got for england so far you know a lot of them have been off the bench i don't think he's quite established himself um uh, and done himself justice in an england shirt to be honest and I think, yeah, as you say, this was by far his best game. He was a towering presence in the in the lineout. Um, he was again really, I thought, um, strong presence in defence against a massive French pack as well. So yeah, he can be uh, he can be very proud of that. That performance was brilliant. Yeah, really was fantastic. Any thoughts on the England game before we move on to to the blue, black, and might? No, all yeah, always good. Well, yeah, obviously Anthony Watson was uh, yeah electric as usual. But I was just going to say, poor old Charlie Ewells. I think I think he'll he'll be he'll be leaving out uh, the part of the story uh, to his grandkids where the referee called him back after that forty meter dash at Twickenham. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe we'll get that opportunity one day. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, <laughs> had there been eighty thousand people in the stadium, they would have uh, uh, all been up in. Uh, up on their feet for, for for a few seconds, but um, right before we before we get into the Bath game, just make sure you do follow us on socials for all the the latest Bath rugby um, well Bath rugby plug goings on in between podcasts. Charlie's all over the Instagram; uh, he's barely off it. So um, <laughs> follow us on there uh, for for Charlie's input at Bath rugby plug, and of course on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, subscribe wherever you are, and and Tom is kind of kicking me under the table to say <laughs> get, get, get the spot follow us on Spotify so yeah do all those great things and share the podcast with your mates but let's get into it boys and we mentioned Charlie Yules there Tom but I think his Bath teammates in that pack in particular were, were just monumental on Saturday six tries by Bath all by members of the pack four by the front row that's really where where we won the game on Saturday wasn't it yeah it is we we look as we said completely physical dom- physically dominant um, you know we've been really short in the second row department over the last few weeks um, Josh Bayliss did a brilliant job filling in at, at sale um, but I think it really told having kind of that that ballast and, and that power back with you know in the form of Elliot Stook who you know after a really difficult few weeks has has got him got back on the horse, got his head down, and just just you know got on with playing rugby, which um, is exactly what we wanted to see. And Josh McNally, who continues to kind of get better and better, I think. Um, and those two guys, I think, first of all, just brought that energy and and physicality that um, that, that 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 we needed, and that Newcastle just just didn't have. 
Um, and also I felt, thought the line out, which was something that we've mentioned over the last few weeks, hasn't hasn't been as strong as, as, as we'd like to see. I thought the line out again was completely dominant. As you say, six tries from four, all from forwards, from rolling walls and pick and goes um, on an artificial pitch with plenty of traction underfoot. Um, and, and Newcastle just just couldn't um, just couldn't deal with, with with the physicality from the outset, really. Mm. Yeah, so Elliot Stuke travelling around by horse now as he's got back on the horse. No, <laughs> something like that. Riding to the centre of the bar with uh, it's like that scene in Hot Fuzz. A dominant performance by by Bart's back. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, uh, really, really physical. I mean, there was uh, certainly in, in that sort of first quarter, it, it, it was really telling when Newcastle could barely win a set piece. And I was, I said, I messaged you boys and said, like, if they can't sort out their set piece, this could get really, really ugly, like 50 points plus. And um, uh, they managed to hold it together a, a little bit for that sort of second quarter. But no, we were just, we were just so dominant and just able to bully them completely up front. Uh, which which was really pleasing because I think this Newcastle team has actually been pretty physical and is and is and is really surprised some teams and that's where they managed to get most of their wins this season is is by surprising people in their physicality because there aren't many names on that team sheet uh, the only name that people that most people would know was commentating and Toby Flood and uh, <laughs> that wasn't the most uh, thrilling lesson in the world I'll be honest oh. but. Um, uh, yeah, I thought I thought like honestly, Tom Dunn looked in his absolute element. Sam Underhill really physical, and him in tandem with uh, with Mars Reed was you know yeah. uh, sort of uh, he, he sort of looked like a, a Curry and Underhill Mark too. Yeah, I, I thought those two were were fantastic, and I think not only did we we dominate the the, the set piece uh, and the maul in particular, but also the breakdown. And, and kind of comes with that is, is the penalty count. And I think, especially in, in that first um, in that first sort of opening 15 minutes or so, I think we had 40% of the ball in Newcastle's 22, which is remarkable uh, statistic. And I think that is based on, I guess, their real discipline. But I think more our, um, our prowess at the, at the breakdown, I think Underhill and Reed in particular, often one kind of chop tackling and then the other one straight in over the, the mm. top. And we've seen, as you say, Charlie, for England, how effective it can be if you have two poachers, two sevens, uh, in, in doing that and working in tandem. I think Reed is developing into into a wonderful player and him with Underhill was, was great. Well, we've sometimes said, haven't we, on this, this podcast, mm. like we have had a bit of a you know a lack of a jackler since mm. um, you know the great man Francois Lowe obviously retired. He was he was prolific in that area. Um, and even when you've got Falatao, Underhill, Mercer, it's obviously brilliant players individually, but no out-and-out jackler at the breakdown. And Miles Reed, I think, in, in the whole squad, is certainly the guy that that, that does that. And, um, yeah, as you say, him uh, him coming in in tandem and working so well with with Underhill was, was great. I think we should, as well, maybe take a step back. And, you know, both teams had to make changes just prior to, to the game. So Reese Priestman, who's obviously been so important for Bath, um, dropped out, and Tien, uh, you know I think it was a, a shoulder knock that he took in the warm up, and he dropped out. Um, Tian Schumann uh, came in to the to actually start and play in his uh, his preferred position, which must have been a relief for him. Um, but Newcastle as well lost lost fly half Joel Hodgson, um, Mickey Young, scrum half who was ex Bath, and Moon Apola, um in the loose head. So 
you know, we, I think we dealt with it. I know we only lost to one player, but I think we dealt with that so much more, whereas so much better. Whereas I think, I think they um, looked a little bit disjointed and, and kind of a little bit lacking of energy in that, in that, um, in that first part of the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry. I mean, Reese probably turned up on the day and thought, oh, it's a bit windy. I don't, I do, I don't, I don't fancy my record going out the window. <laughs> I just saw that, yeah, dodgy shoulder, dodgy shoulder hoop. Sorry, you can't do it, Tian, you're up. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't, I didn't realise quite how windy it was. I mean, at first I was thinking, God, like there's some pretty ropey kicking going on. And then who was it? it, it I think it was a bit, it was a, a bit later on in the second half, maybe, when Conan is like, he's, he, he's underneath his own sticks trying to clear his line. And he like he wellies it, and he can't even reach the touchline. <laughs> he's in the middle of the pitch, and he's going, "What am I supposed to do? Like, I cannot reach the touchline because the wind's blowing back on him." And yeah, it was. <laughs> that's when I, it probably sunk me, like how windy it was up there. Yeah, I think the conditions definitely played a role, particularly in that second half, and it kind of became, particularly when we lost the fly half, and the conditions start to close in. It just became a question of dominate territory through box kicking of Ben Spencer and bully them. And, and that's why what, what, what we did so effectively. Charlie, I was wondering kind of what you made of, of Schumann's performance. Obviously, he went off with what looked to me like a dead leg on 30, 35 minutes. I was wondering what you made of the, the kind of brief, um, the brief spell of Schumann in his preferred position. Yeah, uh, so I mean, it, it did look like quite a nasty injury. Um, mm. I think I think he, I think he took uh, like Carreras's knee right into his thigh or something. Uh, so yeah, hopefully just a dead leg, a bad dead leg. Yeah, not sure, not sure how bad. I mean, they can be nasty. So uh, mm. I hope he's all right. Um, especially with with Reese uh, off with his uh, his uh, shoulder injury um, caused by the wind, perhaps. But um, <laughs> yeah, Tian. What's make of Tian? Like I was because uh, I. It was, I was really excited to see him play in the 10 jersey because we've not seen this at all. He's played at 12, 15, almost anywhere but 10. Um, and I haven't really been convinced by him playing in these other positions. But then I, I feel a bit unfair judging him because of that, because he's, you know, that's not, that's not his, his, his preferred position. And he was, uh, he was sort of, he blew hot and cold throughout that, that, that 35 yeah. minutes that he was on the pitch. Like, Going forward with ball in hand, he, he did look really dangerous. Like he created that, um, he created that break for Thokonasiga really early on that um, probably should have been finished. I mean, Big Joe seemed to eat up all of the space and should have sold, sold a dummy anything to finish that try. But yeah, he just needed to straighten up and, and give a simple two and one to uh, De Glanville. But I mean, I sort of had I'd written down that he creates that break, misses a few kicks, like some right in front of the sticks. Uh, it looks quite dangerous. Kind of often balls were going out the back to him, and he was looking quite dangerous in in, in, in that wider channel. And then he, he he misses that pen going to touch, and I think that's absolutely criminal, windy or yeah. not. I mean, he's trying he's trying to bite off way more than he, he could do. Really important moment. And then like, I, and I was pulling my hair out, thinking, "Oh my god, that's terrible!" And then Carreras <laughs> runs the ball back and gives him a dead leg, and off he goes. So I'm like, and that's all we've seen. So it was sort of. He went from hero to zero to hero to zero. Like, yeah, I think, times. I think he, I think in 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 his defence, like it was obviously a, a late change to bring him in at, at ten. And the other thing is, like you say, the conditions were grim, and I don't know. Right, so, sorry, like, but yeah, uh, it was a late change to bring him in. Like, okay, he doesn't expect that he's starting, but I mean, come on, like, the, these 
he's, these guys are professional. Like, he, he could come on after two minutes anyway, and you wouldn't be like, oh, he wasn't expecting to come on after two minutes. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying it's a factor. Um, it's a potential factor. I also, I also think that you know, the conditions were pretty awful, and you don't always fully um, uh, understand how bad conditions are when you've got that wide lens TV shot that we do. So I would just caveat it. I think he had some nice touches, like you said, um, his kicking looks a little bit suspect and it's quite interesting to see that because I think it, it's going to be a big step down from what we've, we've, we've grown to expect with Priestland. But overall, you know, I think he, he only played 38 minutes or whatever it was. So um, I'm, 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 the jury's still out for, for me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I just think this is what we're going to get. I, I think conditions or not and kind of knowing he's going to start or not, I just get the impression he is an exciting attacking, attacking prospect who his basics are just no are fine but are nowhere near as good as Priestland's and I think this is what we're going to get and I think I don't know. it's almost the complete opposite you've got Priestland on the one hand who, who doesn't threaten the line or, or, or carry the ball at all but he's fantastic kicking both from hand and at sticks and controlling the game and Schumann's almost the exact opposite from what we've seen of him suspect kicking both at hand and from goal, but also can create much more. And it's really going to be interesting to see what they do because unless, as, as I think I've said often, unless you can really ignite that back line, mm. the other option is more. It's going to be more profitable for Bath. And I think, yeah, the conditions didn't help, but I think even on a dry day, that's the human that we're going to get. And I think it, it's difficult to know which to go for. Well, what I'm worried about is 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 what Schumann will we get on a wet day because uh, those aren't he's not going to be used to having played in like wet conditions. He'd, he'd, he'd never seen snow before he turned up to England. And he's going to be seeing yeah. a lot of rain, probably snow, frost, hail, the lot. I mean, even even on Saturday, there seems to be about four different weather conditions in the space of 80 minutes. But um, yeah, I, I'm, look, I've not I've not like put the jury out on him as, as you said Tom I'm just I was just oh, the jury the jury is out <laughs> sorry sorry yeah I, I, yeah the jury's it's out not, not cool, the, jury, yeah. the jury's not back in <laughs> I'm not I'm not sentenced him uh, <laughs> um, but look I, I just thought I, I was yeah I, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to compare him to Priestland because they just seem polar opposites as you say Gabe so yeah, yeah. Uh, like Priestland just he's dead eye dick off the tee and will yeah he'll 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 hit men just off him but he's not going to really set the bat line on fire like he's hmm. you know uh, we've said we've said so many times like we know what we get with Priestland and we, we've ultimately we've been playing well the last four or five games but we've not been excited by it for for some time and um, you know I understand that you're getting some of that kicking accuracy out the window and, and some of those basics but I'm I'm very willing to to give him a go and see what he can start to create because I think he's got the potential to um, even in kind of if you compared him like for like with, with Reese Priest and there are aspects of his game that aren't as good I think he's maybe got the potential to bring more out of the players outside him than Oh I think so I know I, I think the, the the glimpses that I saw of the of, of him going forward and and like ball in hand and being able to like pick some holes in defence. I mean, I I would take I would take that especially for the back line that we got. Like I I just think that's what we need. Like so much of it is just not utilised. And to having someone who can actually do that, I think I think would be more valuable. I mean, from what we might lose off off the tee is I I, I yeah, reckon he make up especially given some time and, mm. and yeah. Properly given the reins, I mean that's been part of the problem with Bath for 
for so many years now is we've not had a number one ten since George Ford left. Mm. Uh, it's been what, seven years now. Like you, you've got to have someone who can properly. I mean, it's probably why we've seen the best out of Priestland over the last over the last eighteen months. I think, you might, want some, I think you might want some more. I think you might want some more Wales caps, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Look, so yeah, it was it was it, it, it was a mixed bag from Tian, but uh, look, oh, I think I think there's there's still you know truth will out. Hmm. Well, well, let's let's let, we'll move on from this in a second, boys. But let's just pin our colours to Mars then. Challenge Cup final tomorrow. Bath are in it. Tian Schumann and Priestland both fit. Tom, who's in the starting ten jersey? One word. <laughs> huh? Um, Priestland. Right. Well, look, if, if it's, if it's no, a challenge, well, you've, you've done many words. <laughs> One word. Oh, yeah. Trees. <laughs> no, no uh, Reese probably. Yeah. Yeah. So Reese. Yeah, it's Schumann's only played a couple of games for Bath. You haven't seen enough of him. And also, if it's Challenge Cup final. Ask me that in a couple of months and then maybe the answer will be different. We may be in the Challenge Cup final. Good point. Great point. Um, We'll come on to that. Um, Kind of let's move through the the first half. Tom, anyone stand out in particular in that that first half before we move into the kind of dominant display in in the second half? Yeah, I think... For me, Tom de Glanville was mm. just outstanding. I mean, we we just watched the game back there. And I didn't really realise at the time, but he's just he just beats two or three defenders um every time. I mean, that that break um in the first few minutes of the game, his feet were just absolutely electric. Um, shades of Anthony Watson for sure. And he is so calm and composed at fullback, but also also so dangerous. I thought he was um, you know, the game was won and and, com- and contested up front and in kind of the you know the heat of battle. But I think he was um, as as usual, just really classy and looked looked almost kind of class apart really mm. at times. Yeah, he glides, doesn't he? Mm. he like, doesn't no, move that quickly. Yeah, he he really reminds me of uh, uh, another man who gets a lot of press coverage at the moment for for being so quick. Is Lewis Rizamet? I'm not sure if you heard how quick this man is. But <laughs> But Tom the Glanville, I, I don't know what it is. It's the way, way he seems to move to effortlessly. And it's something that I didn't quite realise is how fast that he actually is. And his acceleration is off the mark. is really quick. And it, it allows him to get through gaps that he perhaps shouldn't. And, you know, the, yeah, the way the way he just seems to glide across the ground is really, really impressive. And mm. he's, he's, he's jinking a step a year, but he, he can... He can yeah, I think he. I think it is impressive his pace, and I think we we debated for what seemed like a couple of seasons when we knew we had to glamble in in, in the twenties and in the academy. Where's his best position going to be? And I think clearly it's it's a fullback with with what we've seen. Like he needs to have an opportunity to 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 break and to move and to to step past the line. And, and not only that, but his 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 control at the back is just fantastic for someone of his age. Like the conditions in that second half really did worsen and 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 De Glanville fielding the ball from the back mm. showed no signs of of kind of his performance dropping off. Yeah, he's been hugely impressive this season. Did anyone pick him out as the the one to watch for, for this season? I think we had Redpath, Bailey. I can't remember who you went for, Charlie. I uh, will probably Will Sp- probably Will Spencer, I'd imagine. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, Will Muir's my man. He's uh Good calls all around, to be fair. Yeah, good call. Good call. Maybe not Orlando Bailey, but... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was your one, wasn't it? Broken record, though. Oh, uh, who had Bath <laughs> by 15 <laughs> clubs? 
Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even seen, even seen him for a minute. Off, <laughs> He's come off the bench than he wants. <laughs> Moving into the second half, guys. 1912, Bath led at half time, Tom. Mm. I think conditions really worsened in that second half, as, as I alluded to. And with, um, with Schumann at off and Priestland not involved, I think the onus really came down to Spencer and that pack yeah. to, to dominate. And, and clearly, with the result and, and them only scoring late on and Bath scoring those those three second half tries, that was exactly what happened. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing I had jotted down was, again, we had four out of the last five games we've won and every single one of them we have scored at the, the crucial point in the game. Mm. Um, you know, 9-12, and you felt at half-time, Charlie, I think you made the point actually, you felt that seven points advantage was a pretty short return on the dominance that we'd had um, and you know to come out and then you've got that 10 or 14 point swing when either it goes sort of 19 all or 1917 or 24 12 or 26 12 um, if, if we get a try and that swing at that point that really dictates the, the course of the match um, and yet again we were able to, to kind of find the answers to get that first score um, and from that point suddenly you know, it's a really, it's a really long way back for for Newcastle, and it, it kind of determined the, you know, the, the the path that the game took from there on. So I think you know it's something that we've spoken about a lot, um, and it's something that I think we've definitely improved. Instead of conceding as we used to at, at those crucial times, we're now kind of finding a way to actually get the score. So again, that was that was that was a real positive for me, uh, Jim. Yeah. Charlie, a great second half performance by by Bart Pack and and Scrum Half in particular. I thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were just so physical. We just, mm. I mean, it was it was just big man on big man, and we were the big men on the day. We were just, mm. yeah, just more powerful. Uh, I, I was I was quite worried, like going into half time, just thinking like, oh, we, I felt like we should be more further ahead, yeah. and mm. and, uh, and yeah, we've been in that position so many times. So yeah, it, 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 being able to come out after half time, where sort of. The old cliche, you know, the next score is so important, and yeah, you know, we were able to, we, we were able to be that next score, and you know, just put that breathing distance between us. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, quite right, Tom. But, but I mean, set piece was so important. Tom Dunn hitting, yeah, hitting every man on on the line out, and then just being physical, carrying off the back, two tries from one day. Yeah, just what what a hero. Yeah. Really, really was good, wasn't he? Blood pouring out of his ear, as as it always does. Like you think you tape it up pre-game, but no, he's he is such an important player for us. Yeah, you talk is. about you talk about drop off in in position, and it's a real issue. You know, scrum off, um, massive drop off um, from Will Chudley to, to Ben Spencer. <laughs> 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 Without Lewis Boyce, I think Lou said props a big a big drop off as well, tight head as well to some extent. But I think Tom Dunn just. When he's playing, I feel just uh, a different kind of confidence that we get the result. Another heroic performance and a brace just, of tries. He's just teeing Charlie up to whack Jack Walker out of the ground. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Didn't you say that, that the, the new that new Detroit South Africa? He was travelling reserve, wasn't yeah. he? So um, maybe we'll we'll see kind of what what he's like, and maybe that'll kind of give the. Jack Walker kind of the, you know, maybe the kick up the backside that, that, that he needs. Well, another South African, Tom, I'd be interested to get your perspective on is uh, Wan Schumann, the loose head prop. I thought it was his best performance in the Bath shirt, but you're the resident uh, prop. Your thoughts? <laughs> I, I just think, like, he's, he's, he's relatively solid. 
you know, he's, he's unspectacular. I just like to see a bit more kind of aggression from him. Um, mm. He's very passive, like in in you know, in 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 the tackle and never in the scrum. He's kind of head down, looking at his looking at his uh, his, his boots and just doesn't really doesn't go backwards on wheels. But he doesn't really ever dominate. Um, I haven't been massively impressed, to be honest. Uh, yeah, but I think for you know ultimately for a, a third choice loose head mm. at, at club level, he's 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 solid enough. Um, but as I say, I think it's a it's a big big drop off between him and him and Ben Obana, who, like on the other on the other hand, and, and kind of by contrast, goes out to dominate and mm. um, and and is a real weapon for us. Well, and that aggression we've we've seen a lot from Lewis Boyce and Booper confirmed in in the second members night that we'll yeah. come on to Tom. Um, but yeah. uh, I mean, Lewis Boyce is out for the season, so yeah, a lot of rugby for for Juan Schumann and, and with Arthur Caldwell, yeah. the young guy coming off the bench. Um, clearly Hooper wasn't that keen to bring him on with the game in the balance so yeah I think we can expect a lot of rugby out of Schumann which um, I thought he played okay I thought it was his best game as I said but yeah I agree a bit more aggression a bit more now um, maybe from, from from him if he was if, if he was a Nando's sauce he'd be plainish maybe like lemon and herb actually yeah, I don't know. It's just, just like it's it's nice. It's, it's not it's nice enough, but it's not gonna it's not gonna blow your socks off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's mid table. It's a mid table sauce. Oh yeah, it's just you know you can't go wrong with it, but it's not really gonna spice up your life, is it? Well, well if, if 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 he's plain ish Nando's sauce, then um, what's Rory McConaughey, Charlie? I thought particularly in that in that second half, Big Mac and tries to look yeah. back to his strong. Fiery, hot, best. It's got to be big Mac sauce, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it's good. good. <laughs> yeah, didn't mean. Well, I, 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 I can't. The shame is Gabriel's. I'm not a very good man with spice, so I, I mean, the hottest I can go is medium. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but look, he looked, he looked, he looked great, didn't he? That powerful. It, it took him a while to get into the game. Mm. Um, it just the ball didn't really seem to be coming to his wing. I don't really think that was uh, a fault of his own, but. Um, when he did get the ball in his hands, you know, his, his his ability to sort of beat that first man is just it's just incredible. And like even even when even when he has a man hanging off him, he's he's just so deceptively strong. Like we've said it so many yeah. times, but he just manages to make meters with like men hanging off him. And a man like he, like of his stature, he's no Joe Thocken or Seager. He's 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 slight and but he's powerful. And I just oh, I, I he's a man that I will never fall out of love with. I think. <laughs> I think he, he kind of maybe took a bit of time to get back to his best and I think that that injury I think coming back from the injury he had I think maybe a little layoff has, has kind of given him that that energy to come back and I, I, I think he's yeah you're right wiry and strong yeah we forget he's only a couple of years into his his professional 15s career um, it's, yeah it, it's, it's, it's amazing you know he, he got the ball um, you know, twice in I think shortly after half time in the in the period of about 90 seconds, I think he beat eight defenders in those two carries, made those two clean breaks down the down the wing um, from pretty much a standstill as well. One was like cleaning up some of some loose ball. Um, he's, a, he's a serious weapon. And we should say, you know, 50th appearance for, for for Bath. So even though he's only really been in the game a couple of years, he's he's already racked up some some really good experience. Um, and yeah, he's uh, he's... Again, another another hugely um, key play, player for us. And if, if Eddie doesn't want him, 
Um, Warren Gatlin. Well, we will certainly have him though. Um, no complaints from me, to be honest. Get him on that Lions bus to, to Twickenham or, or to Wembley Stadium. Where are we going to take that bus? Yeah, excellent performance from, from, from Roy McConaughey. Um, and yeah, I think our basics were, were so good in, in that second mm. half. You know, exits from, from Spencer, so efficient. Mm. Restarts look great. We're not botching any restarts, which is just, I love to see that. And yeah, the more again for Jack Walker and our, our sixth try. You know, really bullied them up front. And I think in that first game, you're right, Charlie, whether it was just we were caught a bit cold, um, a bit tired after the the, the, the just non-stop rugby that we'd had, or whether it was just Newcastle surprised yeah. us. But I think in that week one, we, we all said that we were bullied. Uh, and I think it was the complete opposite. And, and yeah, that, that front five and those those two locks coming back in that you alluded to at the start, Tom, uh, and McNally and, and Stuke were, were just monsters. Yeah, it's freshness and fitness as well. You know, I remember mm. saying prior to that first game, Newcastle hadn't played any rugby for um, something like 100 days, wasn't it, I think, at that point with the, the championship. And we'd obviously come off a long, busy schedule culminating in that semi-final. So they were fresh, they were energised. Obviously, the buzz of being back up in the the league and maybe as you say we were a bit tired now I think those Newcastle players are understanding that they're playing rugby every week at a, you know a kind of top club level and I think the intensity and the physicality is, has has gone you know Gary Graham people were talking about being an absolute dominator earlier on in the season um, and where you know he, he I barely remember him doing anything in in, in the game at all so um, yeah and I think you know we, we spoke a bit about Bath as well but uh, it was very, you know, how, how well Bath had played in, in various areas, but I would, you know, I would temper that a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I do think Newcastle were fairly toothless, with the exception of Carreras out wide, who yeah. is, is, is a piece of dynamite. Um, I think all they were doing was, you know, one-up carries off nine. Um, you know, they had those late changes at, at half-backs, which is, which is always difficult. But I think the way they were playing just played into our hands, to be honest, mm. because we were suck them into an arm wrestle and I, they were never going to win that, really. Yeah, we are looking they at the moment and maybe we can have this section of the podcast sponsored, the Tom Pours Water on Tar Gable and Charlie's Enthusiasm, <laughs> Bath Bath Rugby section of the podcast. Yeah, you probably are right that they, they are pretty you know, below average at premiership level, but still great to, 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 to put them away so emphatically and to control the game the way we did yeah. in that second half. And, and to score six tries, sorry, try just quick, to score six tries, you know, only Exeter this season have conceded uh, fewer points than, than Newcastle. Mm. Um, and the last time they conceded six tries or more was all the way back in February 2019. So um, appreciating that, you know, season that was in the championship, yeah, let's just ignore any let's just ignore any context and, and just <laughs> focus on the fact that you know we've done to Newcastle there what um, what teams haven't done in, in in some time and even Premiership teams this season. Yeah, I mean they really didn't help themselves. I would say though, like their penalty count, especially in that yeah. first half, was was dire. I mean, it didn't help that that they were being bullied, like they were being bullied at breakdown at the scrum and the line out that was a bit of a mess. But like they. They were compounding their errors and that did fall into our hands somewhat because it just allowed us to to, to play in the right areas of the field like so so easily. Uh, and that's why uh, that we had so many opportunities in that first half is because we were in their half for most of it. And uh, yeah, and but on, on the flip side, I, I do think praise has to go for like go, go towards our discipline. Because I mean, I think 
we gave away like three penalties in the last 10 minutes. But like aside from that, we only given away about six penalties all game, which which is really impressive. And like that's how you win games in rugby. And like if if, if the penalty counts higher, then the, that game has a whole different like a whole different look to it. I'm I'm sure of it. And we could even be down at half time and thinking, how are we in this situation? Which is probably what what we've we've been in that situation so many times. So you know. Yeah, good discipline, good basics, good dominant pack performance. And yeah, the game wrapped up with, with 10, 20 minutes to go. Um, was was pretty nice and, and relaxing uh, as a Bath fan. So thoroughly enjoyed that on Saturday, boys. Moves us level with Newcastle Falcons in the table on, on 29 points. Bath remaining ninth, Newcastle on eighth. Uh, and then kind of quite close up into to Sale on 37 points in the top four, Tom. Now, Bath obviously aiming to get into that top four as we move away from, from the Newcastle win. Um, but I think this week the, the Challenge Cup draw came out uh, and Bath got drawn against Zebra. And these games are going to uh, happen, so not this weekend, the following one, it's on the, the weekend of the 2nd of April yeah. against Zebra. And then a, then a quarter uh, then a quarter final. Yeah. And then obviously the semis and final. And just looking at the teams, Tom, and and and, and given Bath are likely to have all their internationals back for this these round of fixtures, this is a huge opportunity for, for for Bath, isn't it? I think so. And and you know how great would it be to 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 get some silverware after kind of all the years that, that it's been since that last Challenge Cup win? Mm. Um, I think you put out a poll, didn't you, uh, G, on on Twitter? Um, you know, would you would you know, as a Bath fan, would you prefer a top four finish or a a Challenge Cup? Um, a Challenge Cup win and, and to me, I, I always kind of focus on the, the Premiership and you know, is, the, is the gold standard but I think you know some silverware even in the, the lower division the lower tier European competition I would think would be so great for um, for Bath fans for morale for the club something to speak about something to celebrate mm. um, properly um, and today it's you know it's, it's, it's really not out of the question so as you say we, we play we play Zebra um, on, on that first weekend of April and the quarterfinals the following weekend um, against the winner of London Irish and Cardiff Blues. Um, and then if we look at if you look at some of the other teams in there, you know, there are some beatable teams in there. You know, Montpellier, Glasgow, two of the stronger ones, but then Benetton, Agen, Dragons, Northampton, Harlequins, Ulster, Le- Leicester, Connaught, Ospreys, and then Newcastle. So you've got to say that out of those teams, we've uh, you probably put us in the top three or four favourites to to win the competition, particularly yeah. as we'll benefit the most out of all those teams with the returning internationals. Yeah, we, we, although we've lost about four or five of them this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, other, other than that, small... I mean, as, as you say, Tom, we don't, I don't want to put any context in the situation. <laughs> Talk about drowning, drowning spirits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, don't let context get in the way of a good fact. But yeah. um, <laughs> I did put that poll out. Sorry, Tom. Okay, I did put that poll out as you say, Tom. What would you rather, top four finish or a Challenge Cup win? And seventy-three percent of the the votes on that poll said Challenge Cup win. So, Charlie, would you go along? Would you be in that seventy-three uh, percent majority? Would you rather a Challenge Cup win or, or, or top four in the league? Well, no, it's it's complicated. I mean, given where we are in the table, it's. You, you, I mean, you you want to say, oh, I, what I'd do to be up in the top four, but then again. There's no worry of relegation. I mean, it's not a season. I mean, it's a good opportunity to win something because there's not mm. like the Saracens about an exit that actually look that strong. So, a chance of actually winning the Premiership would be great. But 
I mean, I, I just think having some silverware and having something to put up in the trophy cabinet. Yeah. But for for, for the for the boys themselves, I mean, I, I I reckon a load of them would 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 love just to actually mm. have some silverware and have actually won something. It's it's hugely important, and I think it it, it builds. It builds a successful team actually having won something, even if lower down. I mean, look back to the Bath team that ended up going on to uh, under Mike Ford, that ended up going on to the final against Saracens. We we won the Challenge Cup a few years earlier, haven't we? So uh, um, no, so thirteen years ago was our Challenge Cup. So thirteen. Okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm getting my dates mixed up, obviously, but. Either way, that I think you can. Okay, more recently, perhaps you can look at. Like, I hate to say it, but Bristol, who obviously mm. won uh, Challenge Cup last season, and like they've kicked on. Like they're looking like a powerful, strong team. I think it gives boys confidence and motivation to be able to to you know, bring out results. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what you're saying there, Charlie, is we're probably going to win the double, so there's no point for me to put the poll out anyway. Yeah, I'm surprised How come you didn't put both as an option, though? <laughs> but Tom, would you, would you agree with Charlie there that the, the Challenge Cup would, would be kind of a, a hugely um, a hugely rewarding end to the season, given that, you know, our track record in semi-finals, well, especially the last semi-final in the Premiership, was getting pumped in, in what was pretty yeah. bleak day. So don't get me wrong, if you offered me Premiership title or Challenge Cup title, I would choose Premiership title. But <laughs> but top four Premiership does not mean that. And as you say, more than likely it means that we come up against Bristol um, or Exeter away, have to stomach uh, a loss to, to them. And ultimately, though we would have climbed back up the table in spectacular fashion in this last bit of the season, will it will kind of end on a um, on a damp note. Whereas just getting some silverware, um, as you say, after after 13 years um, uh, back in the trophy cabinet and then to build off that um, next season, as Bristol did, to be fair to them, um, I think would be would be a, a fantastic result this season. This team's too talented not to win anything. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I think. Like, these boys deserve to win something together. Like, I, I ten, year, 10 years since the... the um, since the oh, well, 13 years, sorry, since the Challenge Cup win, and then 10 years prior to that for the um, the, the previous bit of silverware, which is obviously the Heineken Cup. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. just it's tough, isn't it? That long ago, so that's why I'm thinking about. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was in a couple of years. Before. Serious, serious <laughs> team, though, the 2018. Go on, give us some names in that 2018. So, Abendanen, Maddock, one of your, oh, one of your favourites, um, Ollie Barkley, Matt Banahan, Butch James. Butch uh, and Steve Borthwick, captain. Found Matuina at six. What a team. Um, and then now film star, but number eight at the time, Isaac Fernati um, on the on the bench. Um, yeah, some team. Worcester have got a Garvey on the wing. I assume that wasn't a young Matt Garvey. <laughs> <laughs> and the Matt Banahan switch from, from uh, wing to, to second row slash, uh, well, the opposite of the Matt Banahan. Yeah, switch, yeah. Of course, and yeah. your favourite man of, uh, of the current premiership, uh, DOR's, um, uh, Sanderson, Alex oh, Sanderson, uh, uh, flanker. Yeah, great team, and then you're right, Charlie. Like some of these guys who have had relatively long bath careers now, and um, think of a guy like Anthony Watson or Jonathan Joseph, and 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 for these guys, if they do go through their bath career and never actually win anything, it would just be hugely disappointing. So they're so used to winning at international yeah. level that they know what it feels like, and they must. But we get back our strongest team. I, I know Charlie 
was was quite negative about it. But you're right, Tom. We would be one of the favourites to, to to win that competition. So I, I'm feeling quite confident about it, boys. I'm excited about it. I think it, I think in our pre-season podcast, I was the one who said, oh, and you know, the most interesting thing about this new format is that if you finish in, in the bottom eight, or, or whatever, you, you drop down into the Challenge Cup round of 16 and you boys just told me that the whole Challenge Cup had been wiped off. It wasn't happening this year. And now, and now you're so excited to win the bloody thing. Honestly, I was so confused by that format and you kind of explained to me that I think I, I just started to assume the Challenge Cup had been bent. But yeah, I think, I was, I, think I, was, I was I was asleep at the time. <laughs> I did not explain it particularly well. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't... I, I stutter on a good day and that, that, that was a bad one. It's clear. It's clear, though. Now we've got the kind of the, the the schedule built out, so it's clear in my mind what we need to do to win the Challenge Cup. And I think, yeah, it would be. It would be. I, I think we're all in agreement. So get in touch with us on socials with what you think. Uh, what would you rather for for the season? And particularly Instagram. Charlie's monitoring the DMs. Yeah. Uh, very closely so uh, slide into Charlie go into those DMs and, and oh, yeah I'll, I'll apologise now for those people who've been wait, uh, waiting for three or four weeks for a response I mean, uh, yeah. expect a long and detailed response from Charlie about his thoughts but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's move on quickly Tom uh, just conscious of time um, Bath set up the, the second members event uh, obviously we discussed the first one which was I think almost a month ago at this point uh, where where uh, Tarquin uh, sort of ran a, a Q&A with uh, Hooper, Hatley, uh, McConaughey on, on that occasion. Mm. Um, on this occasion, then, it was Hooper, Hatley, Miles Reed, uh, and Katie Warriner. Kind of any, any big takeaways from, from you from, from, from Wednesday night? Um, no, I mean, any, and, you know, the more Bath Rugby content, the better for me, um, as, as always. And I think, again, some of the, um, some of the kind of video... Uh, analysis that Stuart Hooper went through was interesting um, and Neil Hatley I think is always kind of interesting to listen to um, you know talking about getting the defence right before we um, actually um, uh, worry about our attack and again kind of that emphasis on that transition defence where I think we've been um, undone by the likes of Bristol and Waston counter-attack I think that's the kind of trying to, trying to kind of work on that and, and make that focus not getting much of that from, from Newcastle, but um, I think that's clearly an area. And then, to be honest, just Miles Reed was just, uh, seems like a very mature um, mature guy, spoke very well um, as well. Um, and and Katie Warren, I thought, I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, I haven't really been exposed too much to the kind of sports psychologists, um, the, the kind of, I guess, some of the kind of cues that they look for and some of the... Um, uh, some of the things that they're trying to put in place mentally that that stops us um, bottling it or stops us, um, uh, you know, losing those crucial moments. And you know, I don't know whether it's correlation, you know, clearly isn't causation. But um, over the last few weeks, we have started managing the game better and managing those big moments better. So don't know what the the cause of that was, but it's kind of interesting to hear her. And she's certainly very, very enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, and clearly is kind of putting everything into. Uh, getting to know these players personally, understanding them, and, and trying to get the best out of them. So, yeah, I thought it was another another good session. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, I want to hear more from Neil Hatley. I, I really do like listening to like listening to him speak, uh, and and I wish that we were exposed more to more of it on the weekend. I think on both occasions, he's really been a standout as, as kind of like a no nonsense guy who 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 is kind of easy to rally around in a way, and I really do. 
wish that we we saw more of him on a Saturday. And yeah, Miles Reed, you're absolutely right. He, he kind of referenced something which I hadn't really thought about at all uh, in, during these COVID times. And he said that they actually enjoy away games a lot more now because especially those long ones to sail and I can imagine to Newcastle, you get that trip back with the boys. Whereas if you play at home, you literally shower and then within an hour or so, you've got to be gone and you kind of can't really socialise with the boys unless you're, you know, Elliot Stuke and Jonathan Joseph. So <laughs> that, I think, is something that I just haven't really thought about when he spoke about kind of how big that, that sail trip back was for, for, for building that team, team spirit, I guess. And with some of these new guys like Wan Schumann, Tian Schumann, um, in particular, it must be very difficult coming to a rugby club and only really, you know, the, the, the training and everything, but I can imagine it's quite a sterile environment yeah. with all the COVID restrictions yeah. and then playing on a Saturday and just leaving straight away. Whereas these, hopefully these long trips back, um, you know, he, he didn't obviously reference what they were doing on the bus. But well, do you see the picture? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, of uh, our friend of the podcast, uh, Josh Matavesi, being uh, caught, uh, caught, yeah. Caught dropping the kids off on the bus, which um, I I think it's a fifty pound pound fine. And there was a selfie of uh, Rocket Aguni and, and Elliot Stook um, <laughs> with with Josh in an uncompromising position. So yeah, but it looks like they're enjoying it. And yeah. um, the other guy that I'd, I'd like to hear from is Gervin Dempsey. Yeah, um, we hear nothing from him at all. He, he likes to keep himself to himself. Um, we won't we won't be letting Charlie on the on the Q and A. Um, <laughs> if he does but um, it'd be great to hear from him as well because there's kind of a lot of question marks about his role and and, and what he's been bringing mm. yeah but more media events please Bath Rugby as you said Tom as, more, as much content uh, the better particularly in these in these boring lockdown months um, let's move on then lads finally to, to look ahead briefly to Worcester Warriors visit yes. of the uh, well the visit of Worcester Warriors to the wreck now, lads, I think I was fairly bullish last weekend uh, or last week when we were previewing the Newcastle game to say, you know, Bath by 15. Charlie, explain to me, please, why Bath aren't going to run away with this one uh, in similarly easy fashion. Oh, I'm going to have to agree with you, Gabe, on this. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I'm sorry, but is there a less inspiring team in the entire league than Worcester? Christ. Like, <laughs> Look through that team sheet, and my word, like there's there's not really a name that jumps out to you. They've won one game this entire season, and somehow they have managed to pick up some points here or there, probably from COVID cancellations and not been following it too closely. But yeah, wow, it's not there, there are no real names that jump off that team sheet. Um uh they seem to have been bound down the bottom of the league for such a long time. Uh and you know, they 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 sort of remind me of uh, the Italy of the Premiership, if you like. <laughs> any time they do put any good performance, they always seem to come out on the wrong side of it. Does it really matter? But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lining, I'm lining myself up for a for a a, a long drop. But look, <laughs> I just, I think, yeah, we've 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 got to be putting these these guys to bed like pretty comfortably, especially our, in the current vein vein of form that we're in. I mean, it's got to be a twenty point win, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's genuinely really got to be um, five points. You know, I was, I was having a look at like what where, where we are on the table and, and how how quickly we're going to have to have to climb up. And, you know, eight games left of of the season, including this 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 game against Worcester, um, we're sat on twenty nine points. Um, if you look at what was required last year to get our top four spot, it was sixty seven points. 
Um, so if you kind of if you kind of assume that's the same, then we need 30 points from these remaining eight games. So um, six four try bonus points, for example. And you know if you look at some of the the harder games we've got, a game against Bristol at home, Sale at home, and Wasps away. So as you say, Worcester at the bottom of the table, one victory, needing ideally six out of um, uh, you know six wins, and then a few bonus points, losing and and, and four try here and there. This is an absolute. Um, you know, uh, crucial that we 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 get those five points and, and keep the momentum going um, and wait until we can uh, get the international guys back mm. in a couple of weeks' time for those for those more difficult games. But yeah, it's got it's got to be a five point win if we still want to harbour um, ambitions to get back into that into that top four come the end of the season. Yeah, and let's just bully them again. Uh, the pack does look really lightweight. And, and if we can play like we did against against Newcastle, kind of use that as a template uh, to, to, to again this weekend, then yeah, I, I, I know I'm confident every week, lads. But this really does feel like an open goal for Bath. We played at, uh, at um, six ways early in the season, won that. That was our kind of previously to to um, to obviously this weekend. That was probably our most comfortable victory of the season. Mm. Uh, we won at Worcester last season as well. I think that was quite a close game, but yeah, it really does uh, strike me as, as kind of um, yeah a good opportunity for for Bath and the last weekend we're without the international guys. So clearly competition for places is going to seriously heat up and it's an opportunity you know who's going to play in the back three who's going to play in the back row when all the internationals come back and so these guys like Miles Reed, these guys like I don't know if Will Muir will be back or, or Big Joe you know it's kind of almost a last opportunity for them to cement a position in the team when when everyone's back so a motivated bath and, and, I, and I worry for, for Worcester fans point of view that how motivated is, is that Worcester team with no, with no relegation? Yeah. You know, I know they put up a fight against London Irish, but it's looking like a long way back for them at this point. And, and I think if stuff does start to go wrong for Worcester on, on Saturday, it could all unravel spectacularly and, and be over quickly again. Yeah, I will go with you boys. I reckon um, I'm going to bath by, um, and I'll drop these down again. We were we were four points winners, I think, both Charlie and G15. So G definitely taking the spoils in the new predictions, <laughs> but I'll go... I'll go a bit higher, actually. I'll go Bath by 24. <laughs> <laughs> Swing from one way to the other. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll, I'll stick my, my Bath by 20. I've, been, I've just been really impressed with the... yeah with Conservative. <laughs> just the Bath by 20. Yeah, but I've been, I've been seriously impressed. I mean, uh, the one name that perhaps does jump out has been really impressive for Worcester over this season is uh, Nick David. Um, mm. look, look, he looks a really dangerous player um, and there's some really quality 15s in, in, in the Premiership English 15s in the Premiership uh, and he's definitely one of them so it'd be good seeing uh, him and the Glanville going head to head and see see who can you know, come out on top there but uh, I think yeah, we've got to be dispatching them as you say let's just out muscle them uh, put pressure on them at the set piece uh, I just think you know yeah. we should if, if, if this isn't just uh, making the most of the international period and other player, uh, other teams losing players and and you know us being able to make the most of it. Then look, uh, we should be we should be wiping the floor with these guys. Come on, yeah, we should be. And, and I think just before we finish, guys, is this a good opportunity, Tom, for for Tian to start at ten? You know, provided he he comes back from from his injury and and, and even if Reese does pull through, is is 
his wind-induced shoulder injury, um, would would you start Tian on Saturday? Yeah, I think so. I think mm. this this is the sort of game where I'd I'd I'd, I'd like to see him get a start, um, give him another opportunity at ten, have Priestland on the bench, um, uh, you know, if if needs be. Um, but I think you know, with it with a, with a view a little bit to next season as well, let's just actually give him a bit more of an opportunity. Um, you know, Stuart Hooper should feel free to drag him off if it's not going well. Um, but I think give him an opportunity to to start and and see what we can do in hopefully some some better better conditions and a, a full um, week's training preparing to, to start in that ten jersey. Yeah, well, be interesting to see the selection as always with Bath. And I think I've got up, uh, it's remarkable. This got to be one of the first times we're doing the podcast, lads. And I'm probably going to be the least optimistic out of everyone. But um, yeah, Bath by eighteen is my prediction. So uh, still a cumulative uh, Bath margin of sixty-two, <laughs> which is healthy. So yeah, and obviously Bath game at two o'clock, England, uh, Ireland. Uh, quarter to five and then eight o'clock for the the Wales France game so mm. fantastic Saturday of rugby again so enjoy it uh, and spread the word of the podcast thank you very much for listen, listening follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug um, get in touch with Charlie on Instagram uh, and enjoy the rugby on Saturday